0: Well, the title of today's message, you can see on the screen here, "The harvest is great, but the laborers are few." Is that true? in Luke 10:2? Yeah. Uh, the, uh, "The harvest is plenteous." That means there's a lot of people that need to get saved. Did you know that? Yeah. There's plenty of opportunity for people to come to know the Lord. There's plenty of uh, clients, if you could say it that way. If you look around, there's more people now than there ever was in Southern California. I mean, it's growing and growing. My wife and I, were on the 210 um, gold line, and it's packed. We can barely get a seat. And then we look on the freeway, and it's packed. I go, am I in New York, or where am I? (laughs) So the harvest is plenteous. The churches are not full. This church is not full. We need to have people in the seats, right? We need to be overflowing, praise the Lord, right? So the title of today's message is going to be Go ye. <laughs> that's that's Eliz- Elizabethan, King James. <laughs> go ye. What it really means, what? You go. All right, go go you, yourself, right? Don't, don't hang around, but you, you go and tell what? The good news of the gospel. What is the good news? That he saved you, he delivered you, he set a place for you in heaven, that when you go, uh, when you die, you have a place where you're going to go that's prepared for you, elegantly prepared for you. Amen? Amen. Is it, did you see the excitement in the people, especially the, when Mary came to Peter and John? She, her eyes were lit up. That's the way we're supposed to talk to people. Have you heard the good news? There's such good news, I want to tell you. It's bubbling up on the inside of us. And if it's not, we need to get some Holy Ghost on the inside of us so that we can share what the good news is. See, we forget we're in this flesh and blood, and we live on this concrete pavement, but, but there's a spiritual world. There's a spiritual realm that we have to get into so that we can have the excitement that's needed to minister to others because they don't know where they're going. They don't know what's going to happen at the end of this life. You know, it's almost like uh, uh, Billy Graham said this. He said, if you had an ant farm and you, you, you put the, ants, uh, the, the ant uh, receptacle on your table and someone broke the, the ant farm, the, the, the glass, and all the ants started running out, what would you do? You, you, you couldn't yell at them. You couldn't say, hey, 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 don't go that way. They don't understand you, right? You can't put your hand there because they're going to go around you. So what do you have to do? You have to become like an ant to go and tell them that's not the way. You, you don't go this way. And we are the little ants that God is using. <laughs> We're his servants. We're his hands to go out and tell people you're going the wrong way. There, there's a way that you have to that, that pleases the Lord, that will keep you in his good graces and will get you to heaven. Amen? So let's look at this. Go ye. The good news. When, what happened after Easter Sunday? Jesus resurrected, right? So here we have Jesus resurrecting. He says, now the 11 disciples, in Matthew 28, 16 through 19, now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had designated. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted that he, it was really he. Jesus came and said to them, All authority, all power of absolute rule in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. Go ye. Go ye. <laughs> don't, don't, don't just worship me. Don't just build a, a tabernacle here. You know We were saved not just to go to church. Did you know that? We, we were saved not just to go to church uh, uh, conventions or, or, or listen to Christian music or, or any of these things. We, we were saved to go ye into all the world and tell the good news that you have to tell others. Amen? You can't hold it in yourself. You have to tell somebody. Go ye therefore and make disciples of all the nations. What that says in another translation is all the world. Where, where's the world? We, live in, we, we come to church, but we live in the world. So you have to go to the sports world. You have to go to the political world. You have to go to the business world. You have to go to your neighbors. You have to go to your, where you shop. You go ye into all the world. Amen? That word go ye means as you go. You don't have to go to Africa or India or anything. As you go, tell people the good news. See, we have this saying, ready, set, go. <laughs> I think a lot of churches are just on ready, set. <laughs> they forget the go. That's right. Let's look at it, let's look at it here. They're on the starting blocks. They're getting ready. They've done a lot of preparation. Ready, set, and then the guys, oh, you yeah, know, never mind. We, we don't, we don't have to run this race. Let's just, let's go back into the locker room. Forget it. let that what we do? Ready, set, go. Let's see another one. Here we are at Indy 500. The race cars, they primed these cars up, they got them ready to go. The best technology, all the money that they've spent, they're taking their lap, they're ready, set. And then the guy says, Oh, you know, just park the car over there. We're, we're not going to run this race. Okay, just, just rest those engines, go into change your gear. No. Oh. How about this one? This is for Tommy. You ready, Tommy? There we are. <laughs> There they are, they're hyped up, they're ready to go. against the before we beat them. Okay, <laughs> but you've been in those huddles and they get all hyped up and they chest bump themselves and all right, we're gonna get them, we're gonna we're gonna kick these guys, we're gonna beat them, we're gonna win, we're gonna take them. And then what do they do? They don't go back to the locker room. And go, that was that was great. I felt good about that. But that's what we do at church. Oh, God is great. God can do anything. We're going to save our families. We're going to believe for our healing. Oh, we're going to do all this stuff. And then after the service is over, who has a great message? <laughs> <laughs> we forget. We forget what we're supposed to do. And the power that we have, ready, set, go. Amen. <laughs> Amen. All right. Making, my, making this clear. Okay, let's look at this Matthew, what Jesus said. So now, he said, help the people to learn of me. Do you know the people out there, they need help? They don't know what they're doing. They don't know that they're supposed to serve God. They don't know they're supposed to love God, that he'll help them. Help the people to learn of me. Believe in me and obey my words baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I've commanded you to do. Everything. You, you teach them everything I told you, told you to do. And lo, I am with you always, remaining with you perpetually, regardless of circumstance, and on every occasion, even till the end of time. No matter where you're going, what you're doing, I'm there with you. I'll help you. You don't have to do it in yourself. I'll, be, I'll give you the words to say. Just go ye, do something, right? This is is not something we do after the first year we've been saved. This is something that we do as an ongoing, everyday mission to to reach those that are lost. We can't be dead in ourselves and not reach out to to God's people. And when you do that, God rewards you for that. He's not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love into the saints that you minister to and do minister to. You don't do it once or twice and that's it. I'm done. See, if, if i <laughs> that's why I got so much excitement and that's why I served the Lord for so many years. I know there's a God watching over me, watching what I do, taking track of everything that I, I do, everything that I say, and it's going to reward me accordingly. So if I were you, I would volunteer for everything Everything that is available, hospitality, ushers, oh, witnessing. Uh, What 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 can I do? Anybody need help? I'll help you. That's what I'm trying to. That's what Maggie does. That's what you have to do to build up some eternal rewards. You don't want to get into heaven and say, "Okay, I'm here." Well, what did you do? Nothing really. I just you know I'm here. I went to church a couple times. You know. (laughs) No. And, and and Christians, you know what we do? We hide behind prayer. Well, let's let's pray about it. You know? Let's strategize. You know, where can we go? We could have this, we could have that, maybe. Let's pray about it some more. What do you need to pray about? He said, Go ye! <laughs> what do you have to pray for? He said, Go ye into all the world. Now, Jesus tells a little uh, parable here. Let's see the next slide. You know what a parable is? Yeah. It's a, (laughs) it is a um, earthly, see, very good, very good. You get an A for the day. It's a earthly story with a heavenly message or perspective, okay? So Jesus is telling the story. He said, he said to them in Luke 14, verses 16 through 18, he said to them, a certain man, and this is referring to a God the Father gave a great supper, and this is the marriage supper of the Lamb, and invited many, and sent his servant, that's us, at supper time to say to those who were invited, Come, for all things are now ready. I guess the way it was in those days is you send an invitation out, and then you prepare the food, it might take a couple of days, and then when it's ready, you send it you tell the people, okay, it's ready, it's time to eat. You know how your mom does when you when she's cooking. My Italian mom took all day, but then when it was time to eat, she said, okay, let's eat. And guess what? She expected you to be at the table. There's no, well, mom, I'll be there. No, I've spent all day cooking, and you're going to eat it now. So he said, come for all things are now ready. But they all with one accord begun to make excuses. You know what the excuses were, what, right? One said, I got some property. I want to check it out. The other person said, you know, I've got some oxen. I have to test it. One said, I got my wife, she won't let me go. <laughs> you have to be committed. You can't let business or family or anything that, that gets in your way to keep you from doing what God has called you to do. Let's look at this next slide. This is, um, should have been taken out. <laughs> Anybody guess who that is? Mary and Joseph, I don't think so. <laughs> Abraham and beautiful Sarah, right? Oh, yeah. Remember, Sarah was so pretty that he said, don't, you know, I, the, 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 the Pharaoh would probably take her. But the reason why I have him in there is because, see, uh, God said, I know Abraham that he'll teach his children and his children after them to follow the ways of the Lord. Job didn't do that. He didn't teach his kids. Job was before Abraham. So God found somebody that he could impart uh, his knowledge to that he would tell others. He went to, he go ye into his children. Okay. But let's look at this next slide. Okay. So the servant, remember back in the story, <laughs> the man says, I'm going to do a great supper. I'm going to invite everybody and tell them it's ready. And they all made excuses. So the servant came and reported these things to the master. Then the master of the house being what? Angry. Now this is God, remember. He didn't say he was disappointed. Didn't say he was discouraged. He was what? Angry. angry. Oh, God doesn't get angry. He should take this class, right? No. <laughs> he gets angry. I don't know if you've ever heard or felt his anger. I have. Oh, Yeah. Actually, when I was going to go to Confirm Word Faith Center, where Regina and I met, uh, I I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, show me a church that I can go to. I want to serve you. Give me a church that will feed me. So I went to Confirm Word, and it was a beautiful church. I loved it. I felt like it was home. But then, you know, how people are, I I took a month off. I said, I'll just, you know, I'll wait and, and, you know, maybe go look around at another church. And the Lord said to me in an angrily, He didn't lose his temper, but very strict. You asked me for a church. I showed you the church. What do you need to look around for? Okay. I stayed there 18 years. (laughs) Because he had, why? He had a plan for me. And that was the plan. I was supposed to go there and help the church and give my gifts and my talents. And they were supposed to impart to me so I could be, you know, who I am in the Lord. And I'm... You know, like da-da-da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> and the Lord got angry. What are you fooling around for? <laughs> you asked me for a church? Go to the church, okay? God got mad at Moses. Moses was supposed to go tell Pharaoh you know, that his firstborn were going to be cut off and die. And he hadn't circumcised his firstborn. And God got angry, and the Bible says was going to kill him. He was like choking him. And his wife had to Do the circumcision and threw the blood at his feet and said, you are a bloody man. See, you're not supposed to listen to your wife all the time. (laughs) Excuse me? (laughs) So he was angry. He said to his servant, go out quickly into the streets and lanes of that city and bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. And the servant said master, it is done as you commanded and there's still room. And the master didn't say, oh, okay, well, guess there's no party, huh? No. What did he say then? Let's see. Here's the banquet table. Isn't that a nice banquet? Who wouldn't want to go to the banquet table? Yeah. Set up nice. So here's what he said. The master said to the servant, go into the highways and the hedges and do what? Compel. What does compel mean? Urge. 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 <laughs> if you look it up, it means to force. It means to grab. It means to grab them by the collar and bring them. You need to get to church, okay? I don't care what you're doing. You know, you you need to get your uh, act together and come to church. You know, I like the story. We were talking to to Rosie, and we said, Rosie, uh, how did you come to the church? She said, Well, Maggie encouraged me to come. I go, Well, what were you doing before then? Nothing. <laughs> she got discouraged at another church and so for eight years didn't go to church but needed someone to what? go ye and reach and compel them to come that my house may be filled for I say to you that none of these men who were invited shall eat of my supper isn't that something? now now here's, here's we were talking about compelling. Let's look at some of the words that mean uh, compel. You got to tell them. You got to bring them. You got to reach them. You got to connect with them. You have to compel them, remind them, love them, and show them about the things of the Lord. They don't know what it means to trust in the Lord, they don't know what it means to be supposed to come to church and listen to the pastor and be encouraged. Here's some more things you're supposed to tell them. Invite them. Include them. What do you, how do you include them? Well, we're having a party. Uh, you know, like to have you over at the house. You know, you get involved in their life. Right? You introduce them to other people. You, 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 you make a, a, a connection. I have people at my, my uh, work that I've been working on for like three years to come to the Lord. I just, for three years I've been asking, can I pray with you? <laughs> and they said, well, you know, I'm not quite ready. I didn't give up. I didn't say, oh, well, I've done that. No, you don't give up. You, you include them. I go, here, meet uh, Arturo and, and, and meet this other person and, you know, get them involved, take them to lunch. We're on a project. We're on a, a mission. In- introduce them to other people. Instruct them. Involve them. Inspire them. Amen? Amen. Now, um, see, if you don't go out, guess what? there's not going to be any change. There's not going to be any difference. There's not going to, You're not going to affect anybody, and nothing's going to happen if you don't do anything. Nothing's going to happen. And now, you can't look at somebody and say, well, it doesn't seem like they'll receive the Lord. You can't go with that mindset of, well, I don't think they're going to receive the Lord. Well, here's some cases that, that, that they didn't. Let's go here. In Jonah, remember Jonah, God told Jonah, go to Nineveh and preach to them to repent because their wickedness has come to me. And Jonah said, nah, I don't think I want to do that. Can you imagine talking to God that way? Do any of you talk to God that way? Go witness to that person. Nah, you know what? Nah, I don't think so. They wouldn't receive it. No, I don't really even like them anyway. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of saying, Arise and what? Go. It hasn't changed. Go ye to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it for their wickedness has come up before me. Next slide. What happened? Jonah said, I ain't going to do it, and I'm going to run away from God. He runs, gets his ticket, gets on the boat, Sits down and goes, okay, God will never find me here. How silly that is, right? God rocks the boat with the, with the storm and the sea. And the people on board go, is there somebody here in disobedience? And Jonah says, I. <laughs> I is. And they go, fine. Outside the boat. There you go. Jonah's swimming around. The whale comes, swallows him up. He's in the the corridors of the stomach of the whale or the big fish and what's going on there there's dead fish being you know churned up and it's stinky and there's seaweed over his face and neck and after 3 days he finally comes to the realization maybe i just ought to follow the lord and do what he says and what go ye say that with me go ye Look at your neighbor. Tell him, go ye. Go ye. ye. So the whale spits him up on shore. And I like what one commentary said. He had to go clean himself up, didn't he? He's not ready to preach right now, is he? (laughs) So Jonah, (laughs) but God cleaned him up. Here's another guy. Uh, Remember Saul? The Apostle Paul, he wasn't your prime candidate for being a Christian, was he? He was a, he was a terrorist. He was, he was against Christians. He was killing them. He would travel miles and miles, 70, 80 miles on, on foot to capture uh, uh, Christians and bring them to Jerusalem to crucify them, right? So the Lord said to him, talking to, uh, uh, I forgot, Ananias. Arise and go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. And Ananias said, well, you know, you know, he's not really, he's not with us. You know, he's like fighting us and killing us and speaking evil of us. But God said, go. Here it is again. Go, 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 go. Go (laughs) Go ye, for it for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. Let's see what happens. And he said, So, guess what happened? Let's go to, let's go to the next uh, picture and then we'll come back. Guess what? God knocked him down. And he, got, he grabbed hold of him and, and he, he touched his heart. Let's go, let's go. And he said, Who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. So he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what do you want me to do? This is the way you're supposed to act as a Christian. Lord, what do you want me to do? Not, Lord, what can you do for me? Lord, can you heal me? Lord, can you prosper me? Lord, can you take care of my family? Lord, What can you do? No. God is in control. He made everything. He's in charge of everything. We are the servants. He's the master. We're supposed to serve him. His first response was, what can I do for you? What do you want me to do? That's what we should be doing and saying every day of our life. So he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, guess what he told him to do? Go. Go ye. Arise and go. Don't just sit here. Don't just camp here. Don't just go home and watch TV. Go ye into all the city, and you will be told what you must do. Praise the Lord. Okay, a couple more scriptures, and then we're going to have a testimony here. Acts 1.8, let's see what it says here. See, Jesus said when you go into the temple, you don't have to even worry about what you're going to say. I'll give you the words to say. I just need your body to get in there. (laughs) I just need you to go to the hospital. I just need you to go into your boss's office. I just need you to go to someone and, and, and speak. He says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Okay, next scripture and last. And when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood them in white, stood by them in white apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee, why you stand gazing up into heaven? Why are you, you standing around here? <laughs> what you doing milling around here? Go, go, go. Let's see the picture. <laughs> well, what are you doing? Look at, oh, look at that, look at Jesus went all the way up there, oh my God, praise the Lord, okay. angel saying, hey, time's a-wasting, what are you doing down here? Let's get moving, moving, go, you got work to do. <laughs> right? Is that what we're doing? Oh, we're gazing and looking, and oh man, Jesus, good, oh yeah, praise the Lord, Hallelujah. <laughs> It's like you know. There's a story. The Bible is another parable where the guy says uh, to the to the servants, he said, "While I'm gone, he he was a landowner. He while 'While I'm gone, I want you guys to take care of the the place.' You know? Okay. So the landowner left, and all the servants were in the living room. There and they had a picture of the servant, and they were just saying all the nice things. Oh, he's so nice. Oh, we just love our landowner. Oh, we just he's so wonderful. He's so kind. And when he came back, the landowner said, "Well, did you guys do the chores?" no, 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 no. We were here just praising you and thanking you for all your goodness." And that's what we're doing. We're all praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You're so good. Are you? Can you get to work? Can you start doing something? Can you start reaching out and ministering to the people that need to be ministered to? Amen. Amen. So, uh, in my class, I'm learning there's there's things called extrinsic. I never, intrinsic rewards and extrinsic rewards. You know, the internal, you feel good about what you're doing. It gives you pleasure. External reward is like, okay, they give you money or they, they give you uh, prestige or promotion, right? There's two. God does both. You, when you go out and witness, you feel good on the inside of you and he rewards you too on the outside. He is not unjust to forget your work and your labor of love. God will go with you. He'll help you. All he wants you to do is to be obedient, to follow him, and do the things that he wants you to do. We have a testimony. Uh, I was talking with Coach and and Brother Tommy, and uh, Brother Tommy had, I mean, Coach had an unusual experience. Why don't you come up here, Coach, and and Tommy. He was was there. You down here? My coach is getting up here.
1: Two-thirds of the name God is go. Go make disciples. Go into all Amen. the world. We've been going out on campuses at in, in, uh, Fullerton and Fullerton JC. Jacob and I, we've got out there, and, and they usually start loud on campus. Well, I'm out here to tell you the good news of the gospel. We went to go. We're not waiting for them coming for us. Last week, we had a mocker come up. I mean, this guy was violent. He's, you mother black. I didn't cuss or anything. But we shot back at him, so strong, so powerful. But we came in a spirit of love. The guy went running off like a little coward. I said, you can run away, but you're not going to escape the love of God. And just people are like, whoo. Coach, come on up here. We got to go. We were out in in Coach's um, uh, lacrosse coach at at, uh, St. John Bosco. And the Lord spoke to me, you got to go to his game this week. And tell him what happened with the head football coach.
2: Actually, it's actually the head lacrosse coach. Yeah. Um, about two weeks ago Saturday um, that we were out there and Brother Tommy actually showed up. And I'm going to make it quick because I, I don't want to take a lot of time, but he actually prayed for me and some of you know what, what's, what's going on with me uh, personally. With that being said, he actually prayed for the, the head coach, Coach Riley. And I've been trying to win him to, to, to come back to the Lord. And I've been telling him about it, he's, you know, you know, they just hem and haw over it, but eventually, the good Lord works. Amen? And he prayed for him, and as he was praying for him, he's, we're going against administration, not wanting to pay some invoices, not wanting to pay this, not wanting to pay that, and, and so it was troubling to him, and he was, he was taking it personal, and as, and as a coach, you're out there to try and just, not really let the kids know what's going on, but internally, you know a lot's going on. So, through it all, we actually prayed. And I can tell you right now, I'm going to take a, look, a minute, I tell you, congregation, you are standing in, in the presence of greatness with not only Brother Tommy, but Pastor Chuck. And I say that wholeheartedly because these are truly men of God. Everyone that I've ever come across and met these two gentlemen always tell me, you're at a great church and you're walking with great men of God. With yeah. that being said, it's we actually prayed for him, and then Brother Tommy says, you know what, my job here is done, I'm going to go. And he left. Afterwards, we cleaned up the field, and coach, I said, coach, I said, um, how'd it go? He goes, well, you know what, Brother Tommy prayed, and it touched me. And it really massaged my heart. And he says, I feel good. I said, all right. Monday morning, he had a big meeting regarding what was going to happen with him going forward at St. John Bosco. And I, I, I stand here to tell you, it's, he called me up Tuesday and I didn't hear nothing from him on Monday and I'm beginning to worry, what's happening to this guy? He calls me up and says, hey, coach, I said, I got good news. I said, all right, go ahead and tell me. He I went there and they said, hey, um, Coach Ryland, you know, we, we really want you to, to actually stay. We're, we're going to go ahead and pay all your invoices of what you owe. All, the, all this administration stuff, we're going to go ahead and take care of it on our side of the house. And he goes, then I want you to give us the next two years of your, of your proposal of of the school's budget. And I asked him, hey, did you go to the right school? And he goes, yeah, I went to the right school, coach. I said, okay. I'm not, I promise you, 90 minutes afterwards, he got a phone call from a gentleman in New York. This guy is a multimillionaire. It's, it's a place called the Yard. And the Yard he bought 38 acres of of, of what used to be prison real estate. He has since transformed it into what they call the combine. And the combine is it's where they do baseball, football, and lacrosse. This guy hand-picked Coach Ryland out and told him, I was destined to call you. He goes, and I want to pay you a salary. Come out here for three months after your lacrosse season is over, and I'm going to pay you $60,000 to come coach. Not even an hour after that, he got another phone call from a guy from Baltimore who actually makes these rebounding machines for lacrosse. He told the guy that I want you to be my sales director on the West Coast and I'm going to pay you $110,000 for doing it part-time. An hour later, oh, wow. he got a phone call from a guy called Diamond Productions, which they do all across uniforms. This guy wants him to be the sales rep from Texas all the way to Hawaii, strictly selling uniforms. He's going to pay him $85,000. Now, if you can't tell me God is not good all the time, then you need to come talk to me, and I'll tell you myself. <laughs> but with that being said, I, just, I, I wanted to share that with you. And, and I told him, and I, after he told me that, he was crying on the phone. And I said, hey, um, do you remember what happened on Sunday or Saturday? And he goes, yeah. He goes, Brother Tommy prayed for me. Brother Tommy told me that good things are going to happen when, and when I can truly stand as a man of faith. And I'll share my story down the line, but right now I won't. But when he told him that he's going to give him more than what he asked for, and our brother and Coach Ronald was just asking just for one God bless him before,
1: so
0: you have to give thanks
2: to
1: God, amen. So, Coach, Let's pray for closer before he goes, too. Let's just extend a hand of faith. He's facing some battles himself. God's going to come through as a vindicator. Amen. Pastor and I have been covering praying for him, but I want to get amen. the family to stand with him and, and why, don't you, why don't you pray for him, Pastor?
0: All right, well, Father, I just thank you for. Um, Coach, I thank you that as he was obedient to you to go ye and do, the, do your work, I thank you that, Lord, you'll back him, you'll protect him, you'll watch over him, that you'll give him the wisdom and the strength to do the things that he needs to do for this uh, upcoming situation. Father, you said that you're with us always, even until the end of time. So we pray for your covering. We thank you for uh, changing the hearts of those that are involved in this situation, knowing that you are the great judge, the judge of all the earth. So, Father, I just thank you right now. We pray in confidence, knowing that, Lord, you already are working on his behalf. We already know that we can just going kind to of step in and walk into your victory. And so, Father, for this, we give you the praise and the glory and the honor. We worship you, Lord God, even before it happens. We thank you, Lord God. Praise you, sweet Jesus. I feel the spirit of the Lord here, church. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. You know, let me pray for you, too, out there, because what's, what's for coaches for all of us. The Lord is here. Father, I just thank you that us that are facing situations, impossibilities, improbabilities in our lives. Thank you, Lord, that you can turn it around in just a quick prayer. So we pray now. We cast those concerns upon you. We thank you that you care for us. And I thank you, Lord God, that as we lift our voices, as we lift our praise unto you, we'll see the victory because you've promised it to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord God. Amen. Amen. Praise you, sweet Jesus.